Thanks for checking out Free Chapel Young Adults. We're so excited to share this conversation with you from our last Third Wednesday gathering. We'd love to help you get more connected at FCYA here in Orange County. For more info, just follow us on Instagram or text FCOCYA to 510-510. We hope you enjoyed this episode, but be sure to join us next month for FCYA Third Wednesday. We'll see you soon. Welcome to Third Wednesday. In case we haven't met, I know there's a few people uh, who it's their first time. And like every month that we gather, there's people that are joining us uh, for the first time or even listening back by way of uh, this podcast that we do. Um, so my name's Cody, and it's just awesome to have you here. These nights are really special for us um, just as a way to gather as our young adult community. We meet each week in small groups, um, but do take a moment every month to gather together. And uh, so we just like to have a conversation around what it means to follow Jesus, and you'll find out pretty quick, obviously, you pulled up to a church with a big cross in the front. So we're Jesus people. Hopefully that wasn't a surprise. But um, part of what these nights are really um, just a chance for us to um, evaluate, and I think part of being a young adult, there's so much life that happens, and just a chance for us to share um, a little bit back and forth on what it means to follow Jesus and uh, how he has changed our lives. And so joining me tonight is a great friend of mine who's no stranger uh, to this community, um, but it's been a while, I think, since you've been here. I was trying to think. I think it's been over a year uh, since he's been with us, but why don't you clap your hands and welcome Pastor Aaron Marshall joining us. It does feel like a long time, bro. It's a long time. Like, I feel like the last time we were just three kids. We just had our third, hey. but now we got a fourth coming. Y'all pray for me. We got another girl coming, so... So it's three girls. We've been busy. Yeah. Three girls. Oh. Three girls and a boy. Yeah. Busy. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that ministry, in there. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, life just happens. Um, pastor Aaron is the young adults pastor in uh, our Georgia campus and also looks after the college out there. And he's one of the greatest people that I know. Every time he comes out, it feels like just so easy and just so fun. We end up having a bunch of conversations on ministry and life and family and marriage and Jesus. And so that's really, I think, tonight is just for us to have a moment to kind of jump into a conversation. We're in this collection that we've been doing all through season one called This Is What Freedom Looks Like. I think we said it last month. The goal is to kind of head into 2023, new year, free me. And part of what we're after, last month, if you remember, we took the first part of this collection to just kind of cast some vision for the community that we wanted to be and to set some culture from the beginning, really from the title to pull up a seat because Jesus has invited us to his table. We want to live in a way that invites people to our table and to live really, I think, with a freedom and a lightness um, to love and to be loved. And so tonight we're going to continue that conversation. We're not talking about relationships, although it might have been confusing with all of the Valentine's Day um, garb, but... um, we are going to kind of jump in around freedom. And so um, one of the things I think just kind of maybe setting the tone, um, you guys have just completed a series very similar out um, where you're from in Atlanta. And um, I, I just would love to know maybe some takeaways. I think looking back at the last sort of year um, in young adults, where, where are you seeing community at? Talk to us, us a little bit about your heart for young adults. I mean, we just love the young adult age in the young adult community because it's such a pinnacle point in people's life. Like, if you look at the way church and ministry is structured, it's like the focus is on, okay, the kiddos and then youth. 
And then once you age out of youth, it's like, all right, figure it out, peace, you know. But I think young adults is such a critical age um, because young adults are the next prayer warriors, leaders, um, the next everything. And I think it's important to pour into that age because I tried to be what I didn't have. So being someone that can be there to disciple and help and help young adults walk through and talk through things is such a blessing. So why we did the Freedom Series, because we saw that like young adults were just in bondage to a lot of different things, man, even bondage to their own fears and anxiousness. So what we wanted to do was create a space to give them a true understanding, a biblical understanding of what freedom was and to help them step into a season um, of freedom to where whatever God was doing in their life, they can do it uh, with joy. Wherever God was sending them, they can go and do it with a level of lightness. Um, and whatever God was molding them to be, they can do it, not living up to an expectation that the world puts on them, but based on what God has already done for them. So Yeah, it's awesome. And I want to go there. I want to take a moment to talk about freedom to probably define that would be a good thing to do and even talk about what you had said just alluding to sort of the bondage that many people may feel like they're in um, but you mentioned something just I think it'd be important to kind of set the tone for tonight talking about you wanted to be what you didn't have can you maybe just share like your journey getting into ministry I know a little bit of that but even for people maybe listening tonight like your journey, I think, starting ministry, because it was a little bit unorthodox. You didn't jump in at 19 for your, you know, first role at the church. There's, and even maybe sharing a little bit about, I know, you know, part of meeting Krista is, is a little bit of that journey, too. Can you dive into some of that for us? Yeah, really quickly, I'll try to give you the shortest version I can give you, because it's such an elaborate story. But, um, you know, I grew up playing sports, played high school basketball, went on to play college basketball, uh, finished my college career, and got into college coaching and coached college basketball for 10 years. Um, that's why California is home, because I coached at USC for a little bit. Um, but then it was a point of time where God put me out of coaching. And when he put me out of coaching, I was in this weird transition of life of what to do next. And I had spent a bulk of my life striving to prove that I was somebody. I had made it to the pinnacle in my life, what I thought was the pinnacle of working at a high major school, making good money, killing it in my eyes. And now I feel like the Lord was telling me to do something different. And I struggled because basketball was my identity. But I was in this crossroad where I had to choose God's path or my path. So I got to this point where I kept feeling this tug not to go back in coaching. So I was trying to figure out what to do. And when <laughs> I came to this crossroad, God was like, Moved to Georgia. But I was like, what am I going to do for, for work? But then I got this job opportunity to be an assistant dean of admission at pretty much an Ivy League school in New York. And God told me not to take that job. And I was like, God, you tripping, bro. Like, <laughs> like you, you telling me to not take that job, but you know my bank account is getting low and I got these bills to pay, right? Yeah. But I had to take a leap of faith and trust him. Mm. And trusting him I didn't take the job moved to Georgia didn't have a job at all so I moved to Georgia August of 2016 fast forward I didn't get a job till February of 2017 you talk about humility I went from being this D1 basketball coach you know coach Marshall to moving to Georgia like hey how you doing what you do bro uh um uh, I serve like I don't know you know 
but I found Free Chapel through a small group and started going and just started showing up and then started serving, started serving. Somebody was asking, like, do you play an instrument? I was like, I actually do. I played the drum since I was a kid. So I started drumming at the church, and it literally just opened the door. So as I was serving God, I met my wife. Uh, we became friends, and then we started dating and got engaged, got married. Now we're on our fourth child. But Let's go. all of it happened through acts of obedience, mm. of just choosing him and his way over what I wanted to do or what I had desired to do in mm-hmm. mind. So that's the short version. Yeah, I love that. I love even just like to pull out something you said, that it was in serving that you met your wife. Yeah. This is Valentine's. I just think that's important to highlight do, for our young Do you want to hear that really quickly? Yeah, let's really do it. Really quickly. So shout out to all the ladies that have gone to the Divine Conference. Any lady go to the Divine Conference? Oh, yeah. I so, remember this. Yes. So I had just moved to Georgia, right? And I got asked, like, hey, do you want to help serve at this conference? I lied to you guys. I didn't know what the conference was. I just said yes to it. Then I get there, and I'm like, why is all these women here? They go, bro, it's a women's conference. I'm like, Man, y'all set me up, bro. Like, y'all tripping. Like, you were kind of happy, though. Kind of. <laughs> you know. But no, what was interesting, though, is I was in a season. I didn't tell this story, but like a year before I moved to Georgia, God had brought me to a place to not date anybody. He said, I don't want you to date for until I tell you. Hmm. So I'm like, okay. And then you're going to bring me to a women's conference? Like, bro, that's cold, you know? <laughs> so I'm serving, you know, I'm, I'm ushering. And this lady tries to sit in the first five rows. And I'll go, ma'am, you can't sit there. And she looked at me and goes, what are you, the seat police? And rose her eyes. I'm like, ma'am, what did I do to you? I don't even know you. So I just left her alone. She went back to the back. So then the next day, she came up to me. And she goes, oh, look, it's the seat police. I'm like, ma'am, you're going to leave me alone. Like, I don't even know you, you know. So she goes, no, I just saw you worshiping. There's something about you. I want you to meet my daughter. I go, mm, I knew you was up to something. So she introduced me to her daughter. And I wasn't thinking about dating anybody. So I just shook her hand and said, hey, nice to meet you. She had a daughter, so I met her daughter. But crazy story. Never saw her again. Months later, so that was September, December of that same year, I get a call from one of the guys at church. They're like, hey, this lady wants your number. Um, she's looking for godly men to speak on a panel. And I, I told her about you. Are you down to do it? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, give her my number. She can call me. So she calls me, and, you know, we exchange pleasantries and stuff. She gives me the information. I show up, and guess who it is? The lady's daughter that I met at the conference. And then from there, we connected, became friends, started, you know, going to small group together and, Next thing you know, we married with That's a fourth it. kid on the way. Yeah, it's awesome. So, it's, That's so cool. Yeah, we can give it up for that. It's a beautiful story. Now you can tease your mother-in-law about all that. I'm petty with her constantly. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. Seat police. Big petty, yeah. <laughs> now it. when she comes to visit, I go, yeah, you can't sit there. She just looks at me. <laughs> That's great. Um, so I think part of what, like, I'd love to get into um, is – is maybe just we can start here kind of answering that question and maybe just to kind of set the tone for this topic around freedom. Obviously, that's kind of like a Christian cliche. Um, I was thinking today as, you know, just prepping for a little bit of this. I think it's been, you know, our tradition um, to kind of like do a freedom series every year. And I think it's kind of a funny concept because it's like, why, are, why is it so hard to be free? And just kind of continuing. And I think, you know, part of it is, 
let's just be honest, it's a little bit of a church cliche to just talk about, you know, freedom and freedom and freedom. But the goal really is to actually, like, grow in freedom and to live free and to become free. And so um, I would just love maybe to answer that question, like, because so the, this whole thing we're talking about, this is what freedom looks like. What does that look like? What does freedom look like? Man, that's a great question. And, I mean, there's so many directions you can go with that. But the thing I think of just as a foundation of freedom is freedom is Jesus. And the Bible in John 8, I think it's verse 32, it says, um, um, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And really you can exchange truth for Jesus and you will know Jesus because he's the truth, the way and the life, but you will know Jesus and Jesus shall set you free. So you can't have freedom outside of a relationship with Christ. And picture that I get in terms of freedom in Christ is these two pictures. One is here in America, we are, we're known as the land of the what? Free. Land of the what? Free. Like, I want you to really think about that. Why? Part of the reason why we're considered the land of the free is we have a military power that they say fight for our freedom so that we don't have to worry about bombs or little satellite bubbles being in the sky, you know, a little shout out to a Twitter story, but because we have a military. Did you just shout out the Chinese balloon? <laughs> <laughs> shout out if you're listening. <laughs> just in case, you know, but the, even with that, we're protected. Just in case. Just in case. Just in case. Y'all hear us? <laughs> but I'm just saying, but because of the military support, in the military, uh, you know, power that we have, we have a level of freedom here in America where we have people fighting on our behalf. There's certain things we don't have to do. There's certain wars or things that we don't have to fight because there's people fighting for our behalf. Right. Another example is just I think of myself as a parent. And I was when we were thinking about this, I was thinking about my kids, especially my two little ones, my three-year-old and my two-year-old. Because something happens sometimes when we're hanging. We can be at the park or something or even in our living room. And we're just hanging out. And me being there, they're just free. They're just doing their thing. My son's drumming. My daughter's like, la, 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 la. Just, like, just enjoying life. But I've noticed that when I start to remove myself from their presence, and, like, let's say I go upstairs, they get anxious. Hmm. They get worried. And they're like, daddy, daddy, where's dad? Daddy, don't leave me. Because there's comfort and there's true freedom when you have the presence of a father. Mm -hmm. Because you know that the father is going to comfort you if you bump your head. The father can aid in healing and praying for you if you get a cut or a boo-boo. Mm -hmm. The father there is, is, is there to say, no, 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 don't stick that thing in the socket. <laughs> Take, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Some people say, I don't get it. You'll get it when you listen back yeah, to listen it. But, <laughs> but the parent is there to just guide you and direct you. Yeah. And there's a level of safety knowing that the father's there. So when I think of freedom, I think of our heavenly father just being there to be all those things that we need and to keep us from harm. And if we do stumble and trip, he's there to pick us up and say, you're good. Dust you off. Let's keep moving. So mm. that's the picture I get of freedom. Yeah, I think what you're describing is there's like a, there's a lightness to life in Jesus. Yeah. And I think like 
I was sharing, you know, with somebody recently about there's that um, part of Jesus's teaching is is he says that you know when following Jesus he goes through his the Beatitudes, which is you know part of the, like the first sermon that Jesus outlines in the story of the Gospels is sort of like his way and be a custom like there'd be rabbis at the time that would teach their sort of way their interpretations of scriptures so part of like what Jesus is teaching on is is his way and in that he says that his yoke is easy and his light and I I was telling somebody I, I don't actually think that's because that the weight of things aren't heavy it's not because like the burden isn't heavy it's because that there's someone to carry it with us and so part of what I think you're describing is the freedom that we have to, to love or to um, extend grace or to extend forgiveness or the, the lightness that sort of comes with that is because there's, a, you know, a, a, a heavenly father or a comforter to really carry those burdens alongside of us. And just his presence alone is there, you know. Like he died for the very things we try to carry. And I good. think we very don't good. take advantage of his goodness. I think we're okay with, like, knowing him, but sometimes we're not fully, like, growing and being comforted and knowing that we can truly do life in him and with him. Like, we were talking with the college today, and I said, man, sometimes we could just, like, giving things to him. Like, he's not intimidated or scared by our feelings, emotions, and our thoughts. So, if, if I'm angry, he ain't sitting like, oh, God, Aaron's angry. Like, if I'm annoyed, he's not sitting like, oh, this dude is annoyed again. No, he's saying, no, give me that. I want it. Like, think about what Hebrews 2 says. It, it gives us a picture that this man, like, went. <laughs> I, I'm so silly, though, at the way I think of things. But I think of Jesus as Debo, right? <laughs> Y'all remember the movie Friday? I only remember because it was a point. Okay, for those who, I wasn't always saved, y'all, so I used to watch crazy movies, so. But when I think of, like, Jesus, I think of Debo. He literally went to hell and snatched the keys from the devil. Like, give me those, bro. That's mine. So, like, he has the keys, the keys, the keys, the keys. So why wouldn't I, like, why wouldn't I trust the man that has the keys? Sure. You know what I'm saying? Why wouldn't I trust the man that conquered hell, death, in the grave? Like, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't I trust that? So it's to your point, like, by trusting him and just giving him everything, my feelings, my emotions, my thoughts, there's so much safety and freedom in that yeah. to where I don't have to carry it or hold it. That's awesome. There's going to be a couple people I think that need to go home tonight and do a little bit of research, <laughs> watch that movie for... Just pray before you watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and repent afterwards. <laughs> Come on Sunday. Grace, grace. <laughs> um, yeah, so like there's there's this there's I think an introductory sort of sense that that a life with Jesus opens up opens us up to that like that ease and that peace and that um, you know real comfort that's found. Um, but one of the things, if we can maybe take this a step deeper, is I've noticed like there is um, oftentimes like I think the idea of freedom in our culture has almost been like redefined. And I think sometimes the presence of a father, for example, might seem restrictive. And, and you know, so there's, like, this idea that, like, okay, so it's one thing to, like, understand the Bible. And it's one thing to maybe know the stories of the Bible and to be familiar with the Bible. 
But it's actually a really different thing to see your life than through the lens of the Bible. And part of what we're talking about is like having a biblical worldview. You've taught on that, you know, a great deal with some of our college students. And I think part of what even um, we need to address tonight in, in talking about freedom is really the biblical idea of freedom. Because yeah. our culture would say something much different. And through, you know, postmodernism or um, deconstruction, it all has sort of affected our Relativism, yeah. your truth, you know. It's all affected our lens of how we view freedom. And so I'm wondering if you can maybe just chime in a little bit to that and, and maybe speak on the difference of, like, freedom um, and, like, the, the difference of, like, restrictions in that way. Yeah, I think it's, biblically, it's counterculture because culture teaches, do you, boo-boo, like, date who you want to date, date however many people you want to date, drink what you want to drink. Just go for it. Make that money, honey. You know what I'm saying? All those different sayings. It's, and the culture is putting this pressure on self-sufficiency. But like in the kingdom, in terms of biblical, it's like we lose to gain. Yeah. You think of, you see what I'm saying? So like we were talking with the students, and in Philippians it says to live is Christ, to die is gain. Mm-hmm. And, and when I think of like freedom, I think of that phrasing, die is gain. When I die of what I want, when I die of what I think is right, when I die of my way, I'm gaining something. And I think sometimes we think that when we maybe lose out on things or I don't, I'm not dating that person or I don't get that job or I'm not making that money, I'm losing. But you're not in the kingdom, you're always winning. Yeah. And I think understanding that like, when the Bible says that seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, like, he means it. Like, he means it. Mm. That, like, I don't have to seek a wife. Y'all, I wasn't looking for a wife. I was serving my church. Great. (laughs) Like, I wasn't looking for a pastoral position. I was serving my church. I was drumming in a drum cage. And as literally three days after I drummed, I, I had the drum, I got a call saying, hey, can you come to the office? We want to talk. I thought I was in trouble. I was like, I ain't do nothing. Like, <laughs> but like when you are truly seeking God and seeking him is seeking understanding, seeking, because I, I learned something that I, I never understood. And I told you this, that this is why we need Jesus, because through believing in him and being submitted in obedience, we have now the Holy Spirit. And the Bible in John 16 says that he will send the spirit to reprove you. Hmm. And that word reprove, the Greek uh, translation of the word has two meanings, to convict you and convince you. So when you have a relationship with Jesus and you're truly seeking after him, his Holy Spirit is now going to begin to convict you like, no, 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 don't date that person. No, 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 don't take that job. No, no. And you're not, trust me, you're not missing out. Yeah. You're not missing out. Because I was, <laughs> the question that they asked, would you want your mom or not date at all? I would not trust anybody to find me a wife. Nobody. Because hmm. nobody knows me like God. Great. He knows my inner workings. He knows my proclivities. He knows certain ways I could be annoying. He knows, like he knows everything about me and the fact that I trusted him and I allowed his convictions to now guide me in 
jobs and career and relationships and everything I did helped me. And then the other side of it is he began to convince me, convince me that he is who he say he is. Yeah. And what his word says is actually true. It's one thing to read it, but when you start to encounter it and experience it and really see it come to fruition in your life, y'all, it's, it's nothing you can, you can't convince me God is, is, isn't real. You can't because I've seen him navigate in my life. Yeah. So for me, it's not about what I'm missing out on. It's about what I'm dying to, but what I'm gaining. Yeah, really good. Uh, we can give a hand clap for that. Preaching, preaching. Um, so let me back up and just, there's two things that I want to dive into. The first thing you said is just this idea that like we are so inundated with this messaging that freedom simply means the freedom from any kind of restrictions or authority. And this whole idea of like, like you said, you do you, I think like what is so like interesting to me is what I think a lot of people don't understand is like, you know, we think that that mentality is like we're trading and we're thinking like I'm removing any kind of authority from my life. But the reality is you're not actually like removing authority. You just become your own authority. And you're trading maybe like the authority of the Bible or the authority of God or the authority of tradition or your pastor or whatever for your own authority. And you become like sort of like like a self-tyrant in that way where it's like whatever, you know, freedom in that sense becomes like whatever I feel like is good for me at this moment. But the question that I ask people to that point is who did you die for? Right. Yeah. Who did you go on the cross for? Yeah. None of us did. So we don't have the autonomy to be self-sufficient in any way or depend on our, we just don't have the capability to. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we are limited on our own perspective and thoughts and reality. When if you allow Christ to be it, it's going to literally, we talk about caps and ceilings and stuff. We cap ourselves so much because the Bible says we only see in part. Mm -hmm. We only see from our little perspective. Oh, I got this little job making this much. I made it. And God's like, man, I was about to give you the whole company. Hmm. (laughs) Oh, you got this little boyfriend. (laughs) Man, I was about to give you not only a man, but a husband and a father. Because mm. you settled for a boyfriend, but I was about to give you the whole world. Boaz, yeah. <laughs> Instead, you got beat your ass. Oh. <laughs> Say what? Shameful ass. Broke ass. <laughs> I keep going. I keep going. No good ass. <laughs> Still living with your mama ass. (laughs) And I'm not cussing. I'm saying AZ. I'm sorry. I just don't know how to act sometimes, y'all. I'm sorry. Yeah. This is what they want to hear. Like, okay, so. Ignore your ass. You do it. You do it. You do it. Bring it home. <laughs> well, the Bible said, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, that's, I mean, that's a great, like, 
that even that joke though, it's like what we're talking about is there being like an actual in submitting to God's process and trusting in the authority of what he would have for our lives. There's, there is like what we were talking about, what I would call there, there's this paradox of freedom. And it's like, you know, we, it is a paradox only in the way that we have understood it in our world and in our culture that it's a freedom from, but that's not what the Bible talks about in the way that it talks about freedom. Like freedom isn't a freedom from. The Bible says that freedom is a freedom for. And that is an important distinction because it's not saying that we have freedom from any kind of, you know, authority or any kind of like power struggle, which, you know, a lot of this school of thought is obsessed with. Or, uh, you know, a freedom from any kind of like rules and regulations. And, you know, it's interesting even like, you know, it's. I guess a bit of a cliche, but the way that people would talk about Christianity now is oppressive or Christianity as a bunch of rules or Christianity as an outdated way to oppress people or anything like that. And and in reality, it's actually coming down to this this redefining and this um, misnomer that we have around this idea of freedom. And that when there's restrictions that are placed on our life, that's part of the paradox is is that the Bible says that actually if you live in such a way that you're free to do whatever you want, it's actually slavery. And this is the idea. Is like, you know, that's part of what the scriptures tell us is that if you, you know, yes, you can do anything, but not everything leads to freedom. And so there's like, you know, you can make your choices, sure, everything is permissible, but eventually your choices choose you. And if that's the case, it, it actually can't be called real freedom like, it, I, I just say it like this, if, if, if it leads to death, it's not freedom. And so there's this idea that we think that I can, I, I'm going to do me, I'm going to, you know, live the way that I want to with nobody to tell me how to do it. But that's actually not leading you to a place of freedom. And part of what we would believe, like you said, is freedom is the, the ability to, I think, to pursue what is right as defined by the Bible and to desire that in a relationship with Jesus. When you were saying that, I thought about uh, 1 Corinthians 6, that yeah. um, everything permissible is not beneficial. Yeah. And I love what it says at the end of that verse, but I will not be mastered by anything. Right. Because what he's saying is that if you don't rely on him, on Jesus, um, what Paul was saying was you can be mastered by things that don't have the ability to help you, heal you, save you, uh, restore you, deliver you, mm-hmm. to to guide you so why like even and and here's the crazy thing yes there's so many things we are permitted to do but in a relationship with christ he will give you specifically things that may not be good for you specifically and i'll give a quick example i think i told you this story like a while ago but a couple years ago god called me to stop drinking coffee and i thought he wanted to kill me Y'all laughing, like, I love coffee. And I literally, I was in prayer one day, and it was like, and I said to my wife, I felt like, I was like, I felt like the Lord said, stop drinking coffee. And I didn't understand it. But all I knew to do was just be obedient. I said, all right, I I was, I had a big attitude. Like, I'd be sitting there, people be drinking coffee, and I'd just be like. (laughs) But that act of obedience to stop drinking coffee led to this. Basically, a year later, I was at the doctor. It was a holistic doctor. And he goes, I'll be back. I'm going to go get my coffee. And I said to him, I'm like, oh, good for you. He goes, why would you say that? I go, well, I don't drink coffee. He goes, why? 
and it sparked a conversation. He goes, oh, poor guy, you don't get to drink coffee. And I told him why I wasn't drinking coffee because I said it was starting to give me headaches. I was getting jitters and it made me moody. He said, what kind of coffee do you drink? And I ain't throwing no shade, so I ain't going to tell you what coffee I was drinking. But he said, a lot of coffee has toxins in it. And based on how people are wired, the toxins can mess with the chemical balance that you are formed with. So for you, it's messing with the chemicals in your mind and causing the mood swings. So he goes, go with organic coffee. So I prayed about it. I prayed about it. Make a long story short, not only did I get to the root of what was causing the jitters, but it also led me to get to the root of some of my mood swings, which led to, I didn't know this, but I had seasonal depression. But just think, if I wouldn't have been obedient, yes, coffee's permissible. But God wasn't trying to hinder me and saying, oh, you can't be free and have coffee. He was trying to do it for my benefit, for my good. Great. And he didn't want it to master me mm-hmm. to a place where I was living in bondage to seasonal depression, wow. jitters, and headaches. Yeah. Wow. So boundaries and, and gates and things are, are, are for our benefit because God loves us, not because he doesn't want us to enjoy coffee. He just wants us to be free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, I mean, you're talking about coffee, but this goes for everything. Like, everything. it goes for food. Substances, sex is a big one, you know, in our culture. I think, you know, just like there's so much of this that we think it appears to be freedom, but it's not leading us to be a free people or into a place of freedom. You know, there's like, and that's where, you know, we, we had um, shared a little bit prior to this of even that distinction between like there's, there's freedom and then there's liberty. And we think that they're the same, but they're really not. Like, Liberty is, yeah, you can choose however you want to choose, right? But freedom is actually much, much deeper in what it leads to. And, you know, it's like, I think it was Tim Keller who said, freedom isn't opposed to constriction. It's actually that constriction that helps us to be people who are live in freedom. And that's exactly what you're talking about. There's things that may appear to be like, hey, how come I can't do that? Or why is God saying no? Or why did the door close? Or why is this the way that, it, you know, like, doesn't, this seems so outdated, to the way that we would live our life, but it's actually the pathway to freedom, you know? Like, let's take even marriage for an example. At its, like, marriage is a huge restriction. Like, it, it is, is it, you get up on the altar and you make a commitment that literally is until death do us part. And what you're saying is I'm restricting myself for one person for, you know, the time that we have here on earth but it's actually that restriction that, that actually sets me up decades later for the discipline of freedom in, in, in a way that, that like, I'm, I'm freed from the lust of my flesh. I'm freed Free from, from sexual diseases. <laughs> yeah. So there's actually, like, a, <laughs> there's a, there's a thing that, like, there's, there's a way in which I think that sometimes we struggle to understand in, in our sort of our autonomy and desire to be, you know, like free in this way that we think that like any kind of like rules or any kind of um, direction that God would give us is restricting, but not understanding that the restriction is actually what's making us free. Like that's, that's part of the paradox, right? And it's, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that's, it's just an important thing. I would want to get into your hearts tonight. And I think it's just so, so important that you understand that God only desires your best. The Bible says he doesn't withhold good things from us. And so when, when, 
we hear a no from God, whether it be in prayer or whether it just be a lifestyle thing. It's like, like this is where discipleship to Jesus comes in is because we can desire something. And it's not that the desire is innately bad, but it's actually the discipline of desire that produces the freedom in me. You hearing me? Like understanding, I think that that there is a there is something about the discipleship to Jesus and the way of Jesus and the person of Jesus that leads me into the image of Jesus, who, by the way, was the most free person that ever lived, and op- operated in such a way that opens up freedom into our life. And I think you know, even like that verse of what we're talking about in First um, Corinthians six, like the context of that is about sex and romance. And marriage, and he's saying, "Yeah, go ahead and do whatever you want, but it doesn't mean that it's not keeping you in bondage. It doesn't mean that it's not enslaving you, because that appearance of freedom to do you, boo boo, is actually <laughs> what the Bible calls slavery. <laughs> and actually, the freedom is submitting to to say, you know what, I I want to do good, and." Well, let me just make it even more simple. I want to follow Jesus, and I want to operate in a way that models Jesus because that's the pathway to real goodness and to becoming a person of love and to actually experience the freedom that only is found in Jesus. And we can try every other pathway, but it comes to this place where we we have to understand that it's like the, the discipline of actually training my desires is what leads me into freedom in Christ. And so we've said before, like freedom, I think, is just is 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 learning to agree with God about you. And so I think part of the struggle that many people feel is like this, um, you know, like this idea that like, man, I'm like, you know, we'll hear often like the, uh, the struggle's real. And it's struggle after struggle after struggle after struggle. Well, what if that's not the way that God wants you to live? Because if you've been struggling year after year, if you've been struggling with something for five years, it's not a struggle. It's a stronghold. And this is like, this is where discipleship to Jesus comes in, following the way of Jesus. Because we can have the desire, this is what I want you to speak on. We can have the desire to do something, but the desire isn't enough. Like I can have the desire to do good in my life. I can have the desire to be a great husband, desire to be a really great father, but in my own, I'm selfish, I'm frustrated, I'm, you know, um, anxious or fearful, and I'm not actually the thing that I want to be. Paul says this, I, I do the things I don't want to do, and I, the things that I do want to do, I seem to, I, I can't do. That's why we need a, like a, a, a pathway to follow the ways of Jesus, because desire isn't enough. It's desire that actually becomes the discipline that leads me to the free life that God has. And that discipline is going to produce fruit. You know what I mean? I, I think of one of the ways you kind of step into a place of kind of knowing you're free is with the Holy Spirit. Second Corinthians three seventeen says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So like when you are truly walking in fruit of the spirit, there's a level of knowing that you're free to where you can love freely. You can have joy freely. People ask all the time, they're like, you know, Pastor Aaron, you're 6'5", bro. You're a black dude. Why you be, like, dancing and having fun? Because I have the joy of the Lord. I'm free. And I don't have to go. Why are you mad at me dancing? That's I know, what I want to know. That's what I'm saying. Like, yo, I'll be, be cutting up, man. I'll be having fun. But, like, it's because I'm like, 
the joy of the Lord is truly my strength, and I'm free to not have to live in bondage to somebody's expectation of me. Because I'm letting the Holy Spirit just have all this. So I can, I can operate in faithfulness. I can be faithful to my wife. I can be, you know, faithful to my family. I can be faithful to my ministry. I can operate in goodness and be kind to people. And I can have self-control because of the Spirit of God. And it's not me. I'm just leaning on Jesus and allowing his spirit to prop me up on my leaning side, as Pastor would say, to where through the Holy Spirit, I'm able to literally show the fruit of the spirit that's within me. And a lot of times we don't get to that place because we haven't submitted, surrendered, or walked in obedience to Jesus. So the Holy Spirit can't operate in the way it needs to because we're holding it back. So Beautiful. And that's like... I mean, think of that freedom that we would have. It's, it's not simply just to be free from the negative things or, or from, from the, um, like, it's not just a freedom from the struggle or the stronghold. There's also, like, imagine the freedom that God would have that you're free from the need for approval or the free, like, free from the need to think that, like, you, it's a relationship that's going to make me happy. Like, that's a freedom that we can step into or the freedom, like, to... To, to feel like, you know, I've got to work out, you know, work it in my own way or I need to achieve this or like what, just the freedom to need or free, like the, the freedom, I guess what I'm trying to talk about is like, what if the freedom that God would have for us is to be a, a people that are free to only pursue him and everything else is like, I'm, I'm free from those desires. I don't need a relationship. I don't need a partner. I don't need a job. I don't need a paycheck or the next thing. Like that, that kind of freedom is really, I think, a powerful Bro, picture you, of the You're describing life. Paul. <laughs> this man was in prison. This man, think about this. Can you imagine like being in prison and still having the joy that Paul had? It, it didn't make sense. But one of the things he kept communicating is he was like, yo, I've accomplished things. I've spoke at these crazy arenas and to these high officials, I've conquered so many things, I overcame shipwrecks and flogging and all that. But he said, man, I count all those things lost and I count them as dung, but the prize is, is Jesus. The high calling of, like his focus even in prison was Jesus. And it's crazy that a man in prison is more free than some of us who are actually never been in prison. Say it again for the people like, in the back. Think about that though. No, 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 that. no, 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 say it again. <laughs> that is too Paul, good was more free in prison than some of us who have never even spent a night in jail. Because his... Because everything he was, what did he preach? He preached Christ, Christ crucified. Even how he articulated himself as a communicator. It was never, he said it. I don't come with you articulate speech and elegance and stuff. I preach Christ crucified and that's it. All I have to do is preach this word. Yeah. And keep my eyes focused on him. Even think about in Acts 16 when he was in prison with Silas. He's in prison. The wall, it's just thick walls. And all he knew to just, we just, bro, let's hum and sing. Right? You got a song in your, in your heart? <laughs> Rejoice in the Lord always. And all of a sudden the walls broke down. He's like, oh, snap. Yeah. Rejoice in the Lord. <laughs> Y'all just think about that, man. That we have so, we're so focused on Christ that we're not shaken by the day-to-day challenges or trials. 
yeah, okay, I, I didn't get that raise, but God is still good because that raise don't define me. Yeah, that person don't want to be with me, but they were trash anyway. They don't define me. They're lost. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't get that promotion. The promotion doesn't define me. That no matter what I do, what I gain, or what I accomplish, God loves me big. And I think once we come into a place of understanding God's love for us, we kind of, from love, are able to do so many incredible things because we know that no matter what we do, win, lose, or draw, God loves us, man. But mm. that was Christ's whole, I mean, uh, Paul's whole vibe, even in prison. Wow. You know, as you're talking, I'm, I've never actually thought of this like that before because I've always, I've preached that scripture and I've talked about joy and having joy in any season or joy in spite of, but I've never actually seen it as a picture of freedom. And think about, like, what happens is because, like, it's the restriction there of a jail cell isn't limiting him. And it's, it is a restriction, but it's not keeping him bound. Like, he is physically tied up, but his spirit is free. And watch what God does. Is it, God doesn't just take the handcuffs off. He shakes the whole foundation of bondage. And it, even the, the, the <laughs> I mean, think of this, this picture, how beautiful the, the freedom that God would offer to us. I've never actually seen this before. And just as you're talking, I feel like there's just like this picture of saying, like, even the restriction, the thing that we would think, God, how could you bring me here? Or why would you do this to me? Or God, I was trying to do my best and now I'm here. And it's, but it's, it's not actually restrictive. It was actually the thing that said, I can rejoice in anything that I'm walking through. And there's a freedom and a lightness to even be, and then what God does is he shakes the whole foundation of bondage that everybody gets free that day. Not just him. And what a picture, I think, for us that it's not just like, um, you know, for us to sit in a, a jail cell, but the whole thing that would be, seem so restricting actually becomes the pathway to real freedom. And I'm going to piggyback that and bring it to mm -hmm. a, a quick personal testimony. I got so many because God done amazing things. But I'm going to be honest. It was a point in my life where I operated in sexual immorality. I was ratchet. Um, <laughs> don't y'all judge me. Grace, grace. But it was a point in my life. It was 2013, 14, where God brought me and challenged me and said, I want you to be sexually pure. Abstain from all sexual immorality. Be celibate, everything. And I, I, I struggled. Like, you know, we said it. The struggle's real. But in the act of obedience, what I thought I was losing in the moment, I had no idea how much I was gaining in the future. Wow. And you said something important. He not only shakes the foundation, but that level of shaking can bring healing to other people. Yeah. Some of y'all may or may not know part of my testimony, but part of my testimony is I married into a daughter. She's 13 now. She's a rock star. When she was three, she was sexually abused by her biological father and granddad. Huh. Who knew that when God called me to be celibate and lay something down where I thought I was missing out, that he will later use me as a conduit to bring healing to my daughter? So and to bring healing to my wife, that she has a husband she can trust. She has a husband that knows that 
he, she, he loves our daughter, and I want the best for her. But we don't know the act of obedience. We're not missing out on anything. We're gaining so much more, you guys. And your act of obedience and your act of getting free can aid in helping somebody else be free, even your future children. Your son, your daughter cannot live in what you may have gone through because you decided to get free. So, y'all, don't take that lightly. He will shake the foundation. He will do a lot of different stuff. But I'm telling you, he can use it for his glory and for his good. And he did that in my life. So beautiful. And you would have never known that in the At moment. All. You know, like it's like that's a story that only makes sense in reverse. <laughs> right? And I think that's, I guess it's just, I mean, like it's bigger and deeper than we would think. You know, like the, the things that the way of Jesus is so far beyond in this moment. You know, like when we choose to surrender or to obey, what even might feel like a restriction, could it be that God is writing a, a beautiful story? He's the creator of creativity. You don't yeah. think he can write <laughs> cool stories, bro? Like, bruh. I like that, yeah. Bruh. Because my story, I feel like Forrest Gump, bro. Like, I've got some crazy stories, but God is so good, though, bro. Like, for real. Like, some of the stuff I've encountered or have done, I'm like, God, only you can write that stuff, bro. Yeah. Like, but it's just beautiful, man. It's yeah, beautiful. it's really beautiful. Um, I want to ask one more question and yeah. just maybe close um, with reading a scripture. Um, people listening tonight, I wonder if you can maybe just help us um, and maybe speak to what could be holding us back from that kind of freedom? I meant really as quickly as I can say, uh, John Mark Comer talks about the three enemies of our soul. You know, the world, our flesh, and the devil. And this is why we need an intimate relationship with Jesus because he will give us literally the insight and the discernment of those three enemies of our faith and of our soul that may be holding us in bondage, whether it's the world and what we're trying to attain, the riches of this world, to where we end up like the rich young ruler and instead of following Jesus, we walk away from Jesus. It could be our flesh and our selfish desires and things that we want that God is saying like, no, you're not missing out. Just like, I'll give you the desires of your heart because actually the desires that you have are actually a little carnal, but I wanna purify them, but we gotta allow him to do it. And then the devil who's, I mean, the Bible says there's no truth in him. He's the father of lies, and he's trying to tell you, like, who you are. Don't listen to him. He's not who he, who you, who he says you are. You don't have to listen to the lies of you're never going to be this, you're never going to do that. It's a lie. Because if I listened to him, I would not be standing in front of you today because he told me I was going to be like the rest of the males in my family, just no good, nothing brothers selling drugs. But he did something different. But the way you combat the world, your flesh, and then the devil is by leaning on the truth. And as you lean on the truth, you have to understand that in Christ, he died for you, so you're already free. The Bible says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. So you don't have to second guess. You're already free. I think of... <laughs> Last thing I'll say, I, I got to say this, but I was uh, going back to Acts 16 and, and 
I'm getting this picture now of the jailer. Think about when the walls fell down and he woke up and he ran and looked and he saw the door open. What did he want to do? He wanted to kill himself. And I, I think sometimes we're like the jailer. There's a door open to freedom and we're scared and the enemy wants us to kill ourselves. But what we need is what Paul and Silas did. They represent the Holy Spirit to say, no, 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 don't kill yourself. We're right here. God is telling every single person in this room, I'm right here. You don't have to kill your dreams. You don't have to kill your gifts. You don't have to kill any of the things that you feel that you want to do in life. He's just saying, I'm right here. Grab my hand and I'm going to walk you out of this place into new freedom. And think about what one of the verses, I think it's verse 17, it says he, he wanted them to cut on the lights. Just cut on the light. Cut on the lights. Stop living in the shadowy dark places and allow Christ to turn on the lights in your mind, in your heart, and in your soul. Because when you turn on the lights, like Paul and Silas, he's going to walk you right out of that thing into a place of true, true freedom. Yeah. But don't kill it. Don't kill it. It's awesome. It's really, really good. Um, just as we close tonight, I'd love to just read something, I think, just to kind of bring this all full circle. I think we've got a clear picture, at least I know I do, of what freedom looks like. And believing that, you know, as we're talking up here, the Holy Spirit's bringing some things to mind of ways that you can step into a freedom tonight and to agree with God about who you are. If, you, if you're a follower of Jesus, there's in salvation, there's a freedom from the penalty of sin. But I think really what we're talking about tonight is that while we may have been forgiven, we want to live free from the power of sin in our lives. And so um, Galatians chapter five, I just would love to read this to you and over you tonight. We're not going to have it on the screen, but maybe you could just listen, listen good. Um, Paul writes and he says, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So then stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. It's freedom that God has placed you in at salvation. Now stand there and take ground there and hold firm that posture of freedom and what God has done in you and through you don't let yourself fall into the trap of becoming a slave to anything again. And he goes on and talks about life in the spirit and concludes this section. And he just says, once again, for you're called to freedom, but don't use your freedom as an opportunity to satisfy the flesh, but through love, serve one another. You're called to freedom. And I want to say that over you. People may be feeling like they're stuck people may feel like they're trapped in a pattern or a cycle of messing up or dropping the ball or returning to the same place, fighting the same thing, struggling this, with the same stuff. The word of the Lord over you tonight, the truth of God is that you're called to freedom. Don't let yourself be burdened by that. But, the, but any kind of thing that would try and lies that would try and keep you captive, bitterness, resentment, immorality, tries to trap you or to keep you bound. Walk in the freedom that God in Jesus has offered to us 
and embrace this sort of paradox that the discipleship of following Jesus actually forms me to become a person of love and empowers me to extend that freedom and that love to everyone in my world and to bring that freedom to people maybe bound tonight.